with Nick and Fiona. Would you say I've taught you everything you know about screen culture? Welcome to The Playlist, where we talk about movies and TV shows that are worth your time. I'm Fiona Williams, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nick Bassine. Nick, what are we talking about today? Fiona, unfortunately, as this is my last episode of The Playlist... Hold it, hold it, go. (laughs) We are just going to talk about what we've been watching. Keep it casual, keep it loose, have some fun, have some laughs, like the show has been this whole time. <laughs> Just right on out to the sunset, the way we've been. Yes, it's been a it's been a wonderful ride, uh, an absolute pleasure working with you, with producer Jeremy Wilmot. We've had a lot of fun. We've um, shared some things. We've gone through some stuff. The pleasure has been ours, Nicholas. Well, I appreciate saying that. One thing, Nick, this is episode 98. I know, I should have hung Did, on for two more. Could stick around for two more. Was I'll weak. come back. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go. <laughs> Go. Yeah, I really wanted to make it to 100, but um, the universe had other plans. And so here we are. I've loved talking about movies and TV with you. It's what I would be doing anyway, because I love TV and movies so much. But yeah, alas, we have come to the end of the road. Well, before we get to the teary farewells, let's um, let's do another episode. One last hurrah. One more for the band. <laughs> I don't know if that's an know. expression. <laughs> it is now. Okay. So what have you been watching? Oh, right into it. <laughs> you weren't kidding. Well, it is Sydney Film Festival time. At the yes. moment. Uh, so I've been diving into a fair bit of the films on offer there. And uh, it's festival time all around the place. Sydney sort of then gives into Melbourne Film Festival, which is coming so that, you know, there's quite often a lot of crossover in films. I have been watching Her Smell. Oh, I've with, heard good things. Yes, starring Elizabeth Moss. You may know from The Handmaid's Tale. Yes. You may know from my obsession with The Handmaid's Tale. It's kind of a Courtney Love kind of story. She's playing a 90s rock star, indie indie chick rock star, part of a band, very successful band, and she's got some real substance abuse problems and fights the fame. Kind of it's a very self-destructive kind of path. Brilliant performance. It's How is it? Why is it Courtney Love? How Well, is it's the, sort of a Is there in the same Kurt Cobain involved? No, 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 no. In terms of that's sort of a shortcut way in to give you an idea of how it oh, looks and how she looks. She's got this sort of peroxide blonde hair. Okay. No, it's it's not an official biopic of Courtney Love by any means. This one's directed by Alex Ross Perry, who Elizabeth Moss works with quite a bit. A lot of her film work has been with him. And it very successfully makes you feel anxious for a very long time because there's a bit of flashback and current sort of time shifting in this film between the girl band Something She at the peak of their powers They've just won a major award. Their record's a hit. The world's their oyster compared to where the story currently is and they're really frustrated about the second album. She's got real substance abuse problems. The band are (laughs) breaking up, back together, breaking up, back together. And there's a very promising young group, another like their lookalikes kind of, younger version of themselves who are on the rise. And, it's yeah, it's really good. makes you feel very... Unsure about where scenes are going, but I think it's great. And for a story about music, quite often the music in the film of about successful musicians isn't all that great. <laughs> but yeah. this one, the music's good and it's very mm. suited to the period of the 90s. Yeah, I think it really gets that that moment really, really well. So I've been watching that and enjoying that. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been wanting to see that. I've mm. been hearing good things. Mm. What, what have you been watching? So last week I saw X-Men Dark Phoenix 
which is the um, fourth installment of this rebooted X-Men franchise starring James McAvoy as Professor Xavier and Michael Fassbender as Magneto. I, um, I'm not really a fan of any of this new uh, batch of X-Men movies. I think it's really pointless and I think they kind of ruined what was great about those first two X-Men movies. Although I suppose you could argue that the third of the first batch ruined what was great about those first two. I think that these movies are generally pretty bad and um, each one has been getting worse and worse. Mm. This last one might be the worst of the bunch, except that there's a cool, because I, so growing up, I was a big X-Men fan. And um, one of the big storylines that I loved was how Jean Grey turns into a kind of bad lady because she gets these extra superpowers in addition to her already superpowers. <laughs> and uh, so Jean Grey is played by Sophie Turner and, um, I thought, oh, let's see, let's see what happens. I was uh, I was excited about it, but it's really, really bad. Mm. Uh, no, almost nothing makes sense. The, all of the motivations uh, for characters to do things are all immediately suspicious. And why? Wait, why is he? Why is he talking like that? Why is she doing that? Why is this happening? A lot of that kind of thing. Michael Fassbender, wasted. Love him, and he was the best thing about the first X Men reboot. Have you seen any of these? Oh, look, I did see one of them, the one that was sort of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, I think that's the first one. Whatever that one was, yes. Yes. Fairly enjoyable. Yeah, fairly enjoyable. (laughs) Put that on the poster. There was one, there are two moments that I remember. Um, One where uh, Michael Fassbender uh, is avenging his Jewish parents who were killed by Nazis. Very powerful. Great. And another when this character actor, whose name I forget now, when the missiles are being fired, says, gentlemen, it's ble- it's been a pleasure. We're, uh, yeah. That was so dumb. And but also kind of brilliant. It cracked me up. Anyway, starting from that high, if you can call it that, and then and now I was just bored and um, thought it was really bad. But I wondered about, um, I was thinking about the treatment of the female characters in the movie. Mm. So first of all, Jennifer Lawrence is in this movie. She has never looked like she wanted to exit a franchise more in her life. Not even with Hunger Games did she seem as ready to go. I won't spoil what happens to her, but she wanted out. Um, (laughs) So there's things that happened to her. Um, Sophie Turner is Jean Grey. She's kind of erased. And although not really, but for the purposes of this movie, yeah. And... um, Jessica Chastain plays... Um, Friend of the show, Jessica Chastain. That's right. Uh, she plays um, a bad lady, <laughs> a bad alien lady. And um, she's gone too. So, and they were the three most interesting characters, except for maybe Magneto. But I don't know, at this point, I think you could argue that he's been totally deluded. And then it comes back to just the dudes talking about it at the end. And so there's some eyebrow raising maybe to be done there, but because it was so bad, I didn't really notice it at the time. I thought about it later. Mm. But so I was wondering, if a movie is just terrible, bad script, you're not invested in the story at all, do you not notice other things like that? Problematic stuff? Or do you are you more willing to, who cares, it's just bad? Uh, well, I haven't seen this particular film. You did. I think it's very easy to just put all of it in a big bucket of bad, like it's all just terrible. But this is a major studio franchise. It did have originally, the the X-Men franchise had 
great female characters yeah. um, back in the day. It is, I think, a franchise of diminishing returns, as you're sort of pointing out. But the fact these films are getting made now with bad treatments of female characters is especially egregious. But the fact that it, upon further reflection, that, that stood out to you, I think it's a good thing that it stood out. I think it's a bad thing it happened in the first place. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, sure I don't want to give it. Question. I don't want to give it a pass because it was just bad. Because that no. just that kind of stuff just makes it worse. Yes. Really. Agreed. But at the same, it's not like I thought that the, they did right by the male characters. Mm. You know, they screwed that up too. Anyway, but you get more time with them and their stories yeah. develop a bit more. It sounds yes. like what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And also, I want to admit that this stuff. I'm sure it's not easy. I'm sure it's hard to what is to make people happy on all of these levels doesn't actually take a lot to just write a decent character who happens to be a woman it you don't have to overthink it you wouldn't think so i'm trying like to be maybe charitable. it's hard for dudes to write it but maybe have some more female writers yeah i mean I they should have had so they could have done a whole bunch of different things but there's yeah. a moment where jennifer lawrence says all the women are pulling their weight around here maybe you should start thinking about calling the group the ex-women so they have the foresight to have that moment, mm. but then they blow it everywhere else. Okay. Um, what else have you been watching? <laughs> so not yeah. that. Yeah, not this one. <laughs> uh, back to Sydney Film Festival and maybe on, I'll flick ahead to another one. I was going to make a similar point. Oh. Uh, while we're on the subject of treatment of the lady people, um, there is a German film in the festival. This was nominated for an Oscar and it's called Never Look Away. This one is directed by Florian Henkel von Donnersmark, who you would know from The Lives of Others. Great movie. Fantastic movie. This one, Never Look Away, it's a good movie. I've already damned it with faint praise. <laughs> it's three hours long. It is three hours it's long. It's got to be better than good for three hours. For me, it was not better than good. This one looks at the aftermath of the war. So it's about an artist in he's a child just post-war or just sort of as the Nazis um, are in power and the genetic policies are being implemented. And there is a doctor, an obstetrician, a gynecologist who is quite high-ranking in the Nazi party and is putting those policies into action. So there's sort of terminating the pregnancies and making certain women infertile so as not to procreate and basically putting the policies into practice. They are mysteriously and through fate and through coincidence, their stories are linked through time. So this artist, this child grows up to be an artist and um, this strange relationship plays out. So it's about artistic expression and it's about not being able to escape your past, all that kind of palaver. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And it goes for three hours, as you mentioned, but that's all fine. But it just struck me watching this just how much of a male gaze there is to it. The, the women are sort of props for the story. There's a whole lot of nakedness on screen from the women, which I'm not against, but I am against when it's just really gratuitous. Sure. Uh, I think it spoiled what could have been quite a moving and effective story because I was just rolling my eyes quite a bit. So that's what held it back. It did for me. And I think it was also a little indulgent in, in taking you making use of those three hours to tell the story. I'm not against a long film. As you know, I've said that before, but yeah, I just think it needs to really work the length to make it pay off in the end. And yeah, I, here, sure. I don't think it did. So yeah, that was a bit of a miss for me. I was I was very much looking forward to watching it. Me but, too. I had mm. it was not. Yeah, it was, that's right. I was nominated for best um, foreign film Our language. Yeah, it will and, be coming out. I'm sure it's got a release coming up here. But yeah, it was a bit of a misfire for me. Oh well. You know, I go, I wanted to see it in the theater, but then um, but now hearing um, your review, I think I um, I'll wait for video. 
How about that? Influ- oh. That's how influential you are. People say people don't listen to critics anymore. Yeah. There's critics one. are very important. <laughs> Keep um, subscribed to the playlist when you leave, Nick. Um, what else have you been watching? So um, I have been listening to the Ron Burgundy podcast. Um, Ron Burgundy is the character um, from Anchorman, mm. a um, Judd Apatow produced Adam McKay directed movie from 15 years ago, of course, played by Will Ferrell. I love this character very, very much. And so I've been listening to the podcast, it's been fun. So I thought, well, I haven't seen Anchorman for a while. I'll go back and check it out. It's one of my favorite comedies. I've always thought it was incredibly hilarious. I had an interesting experience because I still thought it was very funny. And I was laughing, even though I know all the jokes, because I've watched it so many times. But I, I, what I found myself wondering is, can you pull this off now? Because it is doing the thing where it's making fun of old-timey sexism. Well, it's not that old-timey. It's the 70s. Mm. It's set in the 70s. So it's making fun of that sexism where these crazy sexists are so over-the-top and buffoonish, it's obvious that they are wrong and it's terrible. But there are, there are moments where I was I was thinking, you know, these guys are terrible and I'm supposed to buy that Christina Applegate has a crush on mm. this on this maniac. Mm-hmm. And when she's talking herself into it, it just it feels false and wrong. And I didn't notice any of that stuff 15 years ago. Huh. But now it very much stands out. And even when you're making fun of sexism, you're making fun of sexism by having characters be very sexist. It's a fine line, obviously, because you're it's satire. But there are times where it feels like, oh, we're kind of laughing with the sexism a little bit here. And right there, we're laughing at it. That feels good. <laughs> but over here, maybe with a little bit. And so it's so tricky. Mm. And I was just fascinated by how, oh God, that used to be an amazing joke, but now <laughs> I'm not sure. But overall, I think it holds up. And I still think it's a great character. And see, on the podcast... They don't, they don't make a lot of those <laughs> jokes. And that's kind of how you can tell that uh, it's grown up a little bit and how different it is because he's a raging misogynist in the movie, but on the podcast, he's just dumb. Mm-hmm. So it was a fascinating experience watching it. I mean, I will still, I still think that teaming of Will Ferrell and Adam McKay is wonderful. And there were still so many great jokes and uh, by the women as well. The women mm-hmm. have, Christina Applegate is great in it. And there's a just a bunch of great jokes and and the outtakes are really funny and because uh, there's so many one-liners, so we're all we're fans of old movies. Love Very old much. movies. Uh, the older the better. That's my motto. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they don't make them like they used to. That's right. So I was thinking about something like The Apartment. You've seen The Apartment? Yeah, with uh, a long time ago. Jack yep. Lemmon and Shirley mm-hmm. MacLaine, Billy Wilder, famous movie. But that's not an, a satire necessarily, but it's a comedy. Although it's also quite sad. Shirley MacLaine's character is very sad. But I watched that much more removed. And so when Fred McMurray is being a, a crazy sexist and uh, just wants his um, affair with Shirley McLean, I'm not judging it mm. as harshly. And I'm wondering, so I'm, I, I wanted to talk about how, how do we watch these things? How, is it just time that makes the difference? Like I wasn't affected by, I'm not affected by the sexism in the apartment just because it's the early 60s. And yeah, that's yeah. how it was. It- it was made when it's set. 
it was a contemporary story at the time. You, I mean, it, it helps that it's black and white, it gives a bit of distance. Um, yeah. It, yeah, I think you're seeing it as a product of its time. A, a very good movie made back then when things were a little different back then. Anchorman is set in the 70s but wasn't made in the 70s. No. It's made by the same team who are currently doing a podcast. Yes. Yeah, so I think it is different. It's who's making it, when are they making it, when's it coming out. But wouldn't out? you argue that? Given the last few years and just how accelerated everything has become 15 years ago. I mean, when I was watching this movie, it felt like a really long time ago. In watching, rewatching Anchorman, yeah. it felt like long. Yeah, well, it was. And remember, they also tried to make lightning strike twice with the sequel, which. Didn't oh, no, that was work. terrible. Yeah. It was a bad idea. That wasn't, that, that wasn't good. I don't remember any of the jokes in that one. I mean, yeah. that was just a mistake, I think. Yeah, like I said, try to make lightning strike twice. But they've been very good with. I, I love Talladega Nights, I love Step Brothers. Yeah. I love the. I just love the. Put a couple of goofy, dumb guys together and mm. and have them do one-liners. I I love that stuff. Yeah, but I think you hit the nail on the head where you said sort of. But we're laughing at them being goofballs and not entirely evolved. Um, but they get the girl, <laughs> so then it, that's yeah, always a bit. Wait, what? Watching them, it's always a bit makes you roll your eyes. You are, yeah, your um, disbelief is being heavily suspended, yes. which that in and of itself. I mean that we do that all the time when we watch movies, but just feeling uncomfortable with with the way some of that stuff plays out. Mm. So there is a scene where, which I th- still think is very funny, and when I think about it, I laugh, where the four anchor men are walking um, in a park and they're eating ice cream and everyone's got a little snack. And halfway through the snack, they all just throw it on the ground <laughs> because, you know, obviously we're not as environmentally conscious back then. So that, you're making fun of the way people used to be, but you're not laughing at, yeah, screw the environment. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. trying to make some I'm trying to talk about how it work how it can work or how it works. Does that make sense? Mm, no. What? <laughs> so that is satirizing the anti-environmentalism of mm. the 70s mm. or the the apathy or maybe just the ignorance. Mm-hmm. But when Ron Burgundy tosses off a sexist epithet, mm. it it's it's not as easy to laugh at. We're laughing at him because he says the word whore because that's a funny word and you're not supposed to call people that. It's funny mm-hmm. that he's calling her, her that, but it also is uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and so the, see, the joke is in the uncomfortability of it and the shock and the inappropriateness and that he gets away with it. But maybe somebody looking at that environmental moment would think, I'm uncomfortable watching this. Maybe. It's not fun. It's not funny to be even just, did they clean that up properly? How much of that wrapper is left? How much ice cream got into the ground and ruined that grass? Yeah, but also he's saying it to a person and that has a bit more of a direct, uh, yeah. immediate impact. Okay. Um, I love it when we analyze jokes. <laughs> Listen, it's a it's a very important movie to me. So mm. um, I was, it gave me a lot to think about and I was not depressed, but I was... <laughs> I felt a little bit bad because I want these things to last forever. But maybe, um, you know, in another um, 40 years, <laughs> I'll be able to We'll get back you back on. Yeah. <laughs> Nick rewatches Anchorman again. What comedy have you seen the most? Uh, probably Airplane. You <sighs> would know it as um, Flying, Flying High. High. That is my, when people ask me what my favorite movie is, I think it's a difficult, uh, ridiculous question. I hate obviously. that question. It's a terrible question. But because people, so many, so many people ask it anyway, I always have that prepared. Yeah. I kind of deflect the question. <laughs> I mumble and murmur and... It's, eh. a, it's easier you? to have something. Yeah, I know. 
Um, so I, I will, I would always go with that or the Godfather part two, something like that. Mm. I think, uh, airplane is just right. And that has problematic moments. It's, it's older. It's 20 years older, uh, than, um, Anchorman, but. Well, it's when Anchorman sit kind of. Yes. Yeah, that's right. But there's, there's problematic moments in that, but. That is hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> we're, and we're more far removed yeah. from it. And I can watch but that again and again. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. I've seen that so many times. Love it. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite movie? Mama, mama, mama. What about you? Nope. You've never thought about having uh, of course a, set, a set answer for that. Yeah, I mumble. Because everyone it's... would be asking you that. Oh, they're never not asking. <sighs> but it, is it the one I've seen the most or is it what I always go back to? Is what's it the one, one that reveals? Most? What I've seen the most would be um, whatever I have. <laughs> We should do a supercutter how many times you bring up that movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're up to episode 98. We're probably up to about 112. I love talking about that. Yeah. Um, and you successfully moved us on. That's yeah. great. <laughs> I don't have to answer that question. Wait, what? You were about to. You had yeah, some, there was something you on your lips. Save me. No, no, one I've seen the most would be Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Oh, that's right. You <laughs> love that movie. I love that movie. I've written a lot of That's a good Daddy. answer. It's, that's a good answer. Sure, if you thanks. have to answer and you want to move things on. <laughs> just toss that out there. And people think of me. It's weird. It is weird. It's old. It's still good. All of which also describe me. <laughs> weird, old, and still good. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, have you been watching anything else? Yeah, I've got one more, another one from the Sydney Film Festival. There's a Brazilian film called Bacarau, which uh, is made by Kleber Mendoza Filho, who did... Aquarius a couple of years ago, which I absolutely loved, which uh, I think it's on Netflix. Um, that one stars Sonia Braga as she's the last occupant of an apartment building in Brazil and there's an evil developer trying to move her on and it's just a wonderful film about memory and sense of place. So th th this is the same director. And this one is also set in Brazil, all of his films are, and it's about a small town kind of in the middle of nowhere, bit of a frontier town, set in the near future. They make a point of saying that. And it's sort of a shabby village where all the occupants, everyone knows everyone's business. They need food, medicine and coffins. There's a very strong <laughs> market for coffins. And um, there's a strange plot twist. Uh, it's a little confusing at times, which is great. And you sort of live in the what is going on, but then it it all gets, shit gets real is all I'm going to say. And I think the less you know about it, the better, because it was quite enjoyable piecing it all together. And then it becomes a bit of a genre film at the end. Yeah, I, I was there for it. It's, oh, it's fantastic. great. Mm. So that one's called Baccarat, which is what the name of the town is in the film. Great one. Okay. Mm, big tick. Just to wrap that up, I've also been watching the adaptation of um, Three Days of the Condor. Huh? Condor. Um, I watched the first episode, fast forwarded through the rest of it. Must miss. As we all know, the playlist is a brand. It's bigger than any one person. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's not about me, Fiona, um, or um, Jeremy Wilmot, our um, uh, producer. The people don't make the brand. The brand makes the brand, and the brand must go on. And so I um, am leaving my um, co-hosting seat in the capable hands of SBS main channel manager Ben Newen. Thanks so much, Nick. Yeah, no, it's it's um, it's a real honour to be uh, 
filling your chair going more, forward and more. uh and um handing over and sort of receiving the mic from you but you know i think that it's been a real pleasure over these these sort of many many episodes listening to your thoughts and views on screen culture and you'll be much missed here at SBS. Would you say I've taught you everything you know about screen culture? There's nothing that I know about screen culture that Nick Bassine has not attempted to change my opinion on. Well put. Now, Ben, do you watch a lot of TV? I watch an incredible amount of TV, um, not least because it's my job as the (laughs) programmer of SBS's primary channel, but also for my very own pleasure. You watch non-SBS content, hashtag content as well. I do. Good. Uh, I have, uh, I would like to think a well-rounded view of the TV universe. But What's your favourite TV show? I, I uh, also hate um, being put on the spot with these. You don't have a prepare, you got to prepare an answer. This is a popular question. I'm going to, I'm going to. doesn't have to be true. Yeah. I'm, what do you want people to think your favorite yes, TV show yeah, what do you? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with, just because Mash. I've been singing the praises of it recently, um, a fairly typical answer, which is The Wire. Yes. That's, see, it's, look how easy it is. <laughs> yeah, you just one. throw out the, the wire. I've never seen it. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I know, well, Ben, we are going to get gonna have into stuff that. To talk about. Yeah. 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 I wow. think that um, I've rarely seen social issues dramatized so well. I think that it's a, it's a masterclass in taking social issues and making them into entertaining drama. Great show. Mm. Great answer. Thank you. <laughs> was I the learned, one interview question I to get from the best. in the hot seat. Mm. <laughs> so as, given that it's my last show, I just, um, I mean, in addition to having a great time just um, talking about what we've been watching, we've also um, had a bunch of high profile guests on the show. And it's, it's just been really, we just got to talk to some interesting people. And I just wanted to, it doesn't, I don't have to list them all, but people like um, Armando Iannucci, who's a big hero of mine, such amazing shows. Anthony Mackie was a lot of fun. Remember was, that? I do remember that. Standing up the whole time. <laughs> he stood over us the whole time. Cracking a lot of jokes. Bit of a power play, but it was a very good interview too. <laughs> um, and um, I got to talk to Peter Jackson. Mm-hmm. He was really interesting. And there were some where, not that I, I'm not a, I'm not starstruck all that, all that easily, but um, somebody like Jessica Chastain, like she's a proper big time movie, movie star, star. So that was, that was fun. There were times where we had, I mean, we always had amazing chemistry with all of our guests. No doubt. But um, people like Stanley Tucci and um, Richard Jenkins, they were a lot of fun to talk to. They were. Yeah, I know Stanley Tucci and his cat outside. He was just the, hang on a minute, guys, there's a cat that needs getting out. Just, you know, yeah. talking about Stanley and his, and his cat. <laughs> to Stanley. Ben Mendelsohn was a lot of fun to talk to. Utterly delightful in the studio. Great. Wore a great coat, as I recall, as well. It's important. Um, and it people is. that you should have on again, um, like the um, the Kings, Robert and Michelle, mm-hmm. um, they were uh, super cool and smart. And they're also, I mean, they're arguably even more interesting now after that uh, third season. Or, the Kings mm. of The Good Fight. Of The Good Fight. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, Creators. You should get them back on because they they are doing really interesting things with that Put show. in a word for us, Nick. And then, of course, um, Willem Dafoe, who's been on... The show twice. Our only repeat guest thus far. He just loves us. Can't stop coming back. Yeah, he wanted to be on more. but Yeah, yeah we said, right. come on, Willem. <laughs> he actually wanted the gig. 
What can I say, Willem? What are your thoughts on I the wire? I you to it. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to um, nod my hat to those opportunities. Well, Nick, I have not really said much about your leaving, mainly because if I don't acknowledge it, it doesn't happen. But it's been an absolute pleasure launching this crazy playlist entity with you. I remember our first episode took several hours to record because we're all, well, I was a little gun shy on the old microphones. Thank you for bearing with me on that. You mentioned Willem Dafoe. One of the fun things I've enjoyed the most is going to interview people, finding out what they're like in person. Will they post for a photo with us afterwards? Yes. <laughs> and us analysing said photos or, after the fact. in Jamie Lee Curtis's case, will they assume that we're married? <laughs> <laughs> That was something. That was weird. Yeah, yeah I'd still have a bit of an issue with I, that. I think most of your listeners are, are asking themselves <laughs> that question on a regular basis. Well, we're breaking up, kids. <laughs> yeah, it's over. Um, it's been just fantastic, especially in those interviews, those junket interviews, where you only have four, sometimes four or five minutes. Yeah, uh, to build a rapport with. Build a rapport, get in those uh, hot questions, and then get out. That they've never heard before. Bill Nye comes to mind. Ah, yes. He was wonderful. And somewhere along the way, we stopped asking people, do you want to play Bond? <laughs> that was your yeah, go-to question that's right. that's for a right. while that there. Be so many great memories. Everybody should go back and listen to all of the 98 episodes. Absolutely. <laughs> and relive all the moments. Think of the downloads. And you never did get to do the one thing you always wanted to do with those stupid junket interviews was just sit there in silence oh, with someone. That was I stopped dream. you doing that. Because and and I count would, down the clock. He, yeah, he just wanted to have an awkward time just staring <laughs> into someone's eyes. Because it's so impossible to get a good interview in five to seven minutes that I just thought, what about something gimmicky where you just sit there and just stare at each other? I it, thought that would be hilarious. Mm, I it's didn't. a source of great human connection, so I'm sure it would make yes. great listening. Well, we made a show about it That's through right. Ben, look exactly. into my eyes. Exactly. Or, no, look me in the eye. Yeah, yeah. Look me in the eye. The, the less said about that. But... Sorry. <laughs> Maybe we'll it was on, it's on brand. But um, then, you know, you run the risk of not being asked back. Well, there is that. And so. now people, the, the publicists, just to lift the, lift the curtain a little bit, they yeah. have on all invites now. I'm going to blame you a little bit, but yeah, no gimmicks, yeah, yeah, et cetera, yeah. which I am all for, of course. They don't want uh, Tom Cruise getting sprayed in the face with a water gun again. Not that I did that. You would never do that. <laughs> it happened on the red carpet for Michigan. Someone Oscar. beat you to yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, so thank you very much again. It's been um, a wonderful um, couple of years on the playlist. I, um, I'm, I'm going, um, I'm not just leaving because I hate it. I'm, <laughs> I did get another job at a competing network, Channel 10 where I'll be the uh, views editor on uh, 10 Daily. Yeah, I'll be on Twitter. Come check me out. Where will you be on Twitter, Nick? I'm on Twitter at Nick Bassine. Where are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter at anything but Fifi. Ben? Oh, I'm at Ben underscore SYD. That's a little um, complicated. <laughs> I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't forget to subscribe to SBS Play Us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we're produced by Jeremy Wilmot. I'm just going to keep saying that. How many times can I say that in an episode? Jeremy um, Wilmot. If you want to get in touch, uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SBS Movies. And um, I won't see you next week, but Ben Newen will, as will um, Fiona. And I'll let you have the last word, Nick. Keep watching the stars. Yeah.